Hey everybody, welcome to Lauren.Live, a spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. I have Adora Winquist back with us for part two. How are you doing? Lauren, it's such a delight to be here with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to have you back. And um, I would encourage everybody to go back, scroll through the videos, and check out part one with Adora. Um, we talk a lot about what she does, her background. Um, she does many things. She's an intuitive, so she does different readings, which we'll talk about today, um, Akashic Records, and she can channel, and she does Mary Magdalene retreats, which we're going to talk about today. That'll be a chunk of our um, podcast. We'll just be talking about uh, Mary Magdalene. There's so much there. And then she also um, is a formulator of essential oils, which are fantastic. I have a couple of them and they smell divine. And um, oh my goodness, you do so many things. Um, what am I leaving out? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great intro. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She's, she's a woman of many talents and um, I'm just excited to have you back. Um so let's dive into Mary Magdalene. We talked a little bit about it in the part one, but most people obviously have heard heard of her either from you know their spiritual beliefs or religion. Um, historically, who is she historically, and like what are some controversial things? I know there's a lot of people channeling with her right now. Um, mm. What's going on with her? Is she channeling through you and others, helping us, you know, through all this chaos? Yeah. Um, so I have to say that Mary Magdalene in particular is one of my great areas of passionate connection and communion. Um, and really the overall overarching aspect of the divine feminine, which is rising right now on the planet. So I think I'd like to break apart your question in a few different areas because if we start with Mary Magdalene, there is um, a wonderful point of human connection with her. And so for many of us, when we start to either become interested in the journey of the divine feminine or uh, feel our own feminine aspects uh, coming to the surface to be healed and embraced and honored, um, we often connect with these many different various aspects of the goddess, right? Because the goddess is known by so many different names. And whether we think Aphrodite or Venus uh, or Isis or even Mother Mary, um, there are so many uh, aspects to her that at the same time kind of seem intangible right? Um, much more in an elevated place than where we are right now. So how do we bridge that connection to be able to fully receive the healing, the awakening, and all of the attributes of the divine feminine that these aspects of the goddess carry? And this is one thing that I truly love about Mary Magdalene. Because of her journey um, was so human, 
And that even though she was a very high level spiritual initiate, she moved through so many aspects that you and I are faced with every day in our mundane as well as our spiritual lives and our spiritual longings for deeper connection and communion and understanding of who we are and why we're here. And so I think that um, if we look at Mary Magdalene in particular, first from the standpoint as a very high level spiritual initiate, um, we, we begin to see that there's so much more to her than a lot of the biblical or um, old paradigm, if you will, stories. Um, because we also have to acknowledge that from the perspective of religious dogma, and of course, mul- mul- so much of our culture, that the feminine has been suppressed, silenced, pushed down, pushed away, put in the corner. Right. And so we don't really see a tremendous evidence biblically of um, how women are wise, intuitive, um, incredibly strong. Right. We're able to create and grow life within us Mm -hmm. and and birth life through us. Mm -hmm. Right. So we are the ultimate creatrix of um of realities, of worlds, of form, right, of creation, and of course, of humanity. And so um, I always think that um, if we're going to look at things from a biblical perspective, we want to take them with a grain of salt. And so looking at these aspects where Mary Magdalene was identified um, as um, less than virtuous, Uh, less than equal, Um, there's a great curiosity there. And one of the things that was so beautiful after the coming back with all of the experience from the first retreat, the Divine Feminine Retreat in Southern France that I um, led in September was being able to see these areas in Europe, in France in particular, where she in a very small group of her um, kind of ladies in waiting, if you will, brought Christianity to Europe, brought the true teachings of Christ as a way of peace, as a way of love, um, as a way of light, brought this uh, to Europe, right? Well, so that really right there alone says that she was much more of an equal to Christ. And this is something that you can see throughout the art and the culture and so many of these aspects of ancient sacred sites in southern France. And what a beautiful recognition to be able to see that for us as women who hold this archetypical energy of the divine feminine and to see the level of equality there and to see the disparity in terms of what was written about her and to really begin to understand that these many divine attributes of hers of faith of trust of surrender of divine love um, of sacred relationship of tantra right all of these very high level spiritual understandings concepts precepts were part of what she taught and um, and the great light and love that she laid in every area that she was present in. 
So I think from that human perspective, we can really receive that common ground, that place of connectivity to know that if this is, this is a woman who was on the planet walking a journey that was very arduous, right? Having to see her beloved suffer in those ways and how the, the deep torment of that, and yet also a level of understanding of, um, the divine unfoldment, mm-hmm. right, of experience and purpose mm-hmm. for that regard. Uh, and so she has something that we can all receive, connect, understand, and benefit from. And I, I um, you know, I sense this great calling, this deep calling right now as we're going through this juncture of shift, of awakening, uh, of evolution on the planet, evolution of our consciousness. And um, the calling in particular within us for the divine feminine to rise and to rise in ways of authenticity, of creativity, of truth, of honoring ourselves and each other, um, of great receptivity, right? There is magic, there is intuition within us. There is such an ability for creation and creativity and a remarkable um, innate sense of community. The knowing that through our sisterhood or through our communion, through our sacred community, we heal when we come together from a place of openness and vulnerability. And we lift ourselves up by lifting each other up. And so it really breaks that old paradigm of um, competition, right? Which is the old way of being. And I think part of the old masterful male paradigm, because as women, we heal when we come together in community and open honoring. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautifully said. <laughs> I have a couple questions. Um from her, like the human, you know, standpoint of her and historically, I actually don't know this. Do we know if they had children, her and Jesus? Or do so we think these that? are really great um, points of discussion okay. and curiosity. And so if we're going to look from the biblical, biblical perspective, we, we would say absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And yet, if we refer to many other accounts, many other stories, many other perspectives, uh, we see that is perhaps more than a possibility, that they were, in fact, twin flames Mm -hmm. um, and complete unified, completely unified at the soul level. Right. And so when we look at aspects of the the Christ lineage, that we see there is there is much um, said about that, right? That they had children, their children had children, mm-hmm. and have created this very um, powerful bloodline. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I and I think that this too is such a wonderful conversation because it reminds us that we have to find the truth within, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that there are going to be countless books and countless people that tell you what is true, mm-hmm. right? And that is that truth that always comes from another's perspective. Mm-hmm. So um, 
And I think even from a scientific perspective, we know from quantum physics that an observer changes the outcome of a reality, right? So, so everything is malleable because everything is energy. And so finding your own truth may be different than my truth. Mm -hmm. And yet we can certainly honor each other's way. So, um, you know, so, so one of the things that is important to me in taking these groups of like-minded souls to Southern France to follow in the footsteps of Mary Magdalene um, is to leave space for sourcing of everyone's individual perspective and truth. And I have a beautiful colleague, Veronique, um, Ronnie as we call her, that is my partner in France who um, will speak to all of the historical accounts um, of Mary Magdalene. And at the same time, because she grew up in um, a tradition of being surrounded by her energy in the area in St. Maximum de la Saint Baume, where uh, Mary Magdalene spent her last few decades at the grotto, uh, she also has um, expanded perspectives. And so this is a wonderful way that we can offer seeds of thought and philosophy for everyone in the group to be able to have their own unique experience and yet have that experience be augmented by everyone else in the group. And, and, you know, that was to me one of the most remarkable things that we experienced on that last trip in September, where even though we started out as strangers, we, in those few short days, right, less than a week together, we became intimately and deeply connected and that connection will span far beyond that trip and does and so this to me is one of the beautiful aspects of the divine feminine um, of the embodiment and transmission of teaching teachings from mary magdalene is that sacred community um, truly embodies holds a container for sacred relationship and all relationship is sacred Cool. Yeah. And that was, you know, one of the controversial questions I wanted to ask because some people have never thought about that. Like you said, like biblically, it's just like, no, she was who she was. And definitely they didn't have children and they weren't lovers and all the things. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of open-ended conversations that I've heard over the years um, with more broad spiritual look of like, of course they would have been together. Like that was, you know, the full human experience. Right. And yeah. Um, there could be things left out, of course, in the Bible. And um, so obviously you've kind of already set the tone that she was intuitive. Do they speak about that at all in the Bible about her having those powers? Are they more, she's just more that like in the background figure? My perspective and understanding is that more of a background figure, mm-hmm. although there was, of course, the anointing mm-hmm. of Christ with beautiful spikenard essential oil, which I actually have on my desk oh. here. Uh, it's one of my favorites for oh. journey work, um, where she anointed him before the Last Supper. Mm. So we do see elements of sacred connection, sacred communion, Um, 
But I, I think that at the same time, what you said is really profound, the aspect of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so how could we fully receive the teachings of Christ if he was not in human form? Again, it kind of comes back to my conversation about the, the energies of the goddess, right? The goddess being up here or out there. And so how could he pave as profound a pathway of light as he did if he was not in human form? And hum- humanity are like the quintessential uh, human experience is to be able to have that tantric connection um, with our soulmate or twin flame. And when I say tantric, I'm not just focusing from a sexual perspective, but when we have the physical connection and chemistry, when we have the um, emotional vulnerability, which in partnership plays between both people, when we have the, the mental, like the similar wavelength of connecting and communicating beyond words. And when we have those spiritual connections, it creates an alchemical container, um, which is the highest conduit of frequency for the human connection to create um, beyond limitation, to experience miracles as a way of the norm and to create things and to move through our own personal densities um, with the most expediency, Mm -hmm. right? Through that alchemical container of tantric connection. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to me, how could there be any other way, right? Other than them sharing this deep communion with one another as another level of our teachings Mm -hmm. of sacred relationships. Definitely. I think it's absolutely a possibility. And then the last kind of like controversial, if you will, <laughs> question, not controversial, just like seen in different different lights. Um, after he uh, was killed, um, where I can't remember because I haven't I have studied the Bible, but I, I can't remember. And it's not in so, so much detail. Um, what does the Bible does the Bible talk much about her after that point? And then outside of the Bible, what is your perspective of what she went on to do after he was gone physically? Um, are there like, you know, other places that have documented her, her spiritual clairvoyant works? Cause it just, again, it, it would make sense that because I really believe he was like a clairvoyant of his time, you know, and he came for like a, with a huge message. Um, it would kind of make sense that he would have been with someone that had that ability too. So, yes. And, and really from, from my perspective or belief system, that was very much part of her training and preparation Mm. for him. Mm. Right. They were trained in preparation for each other to Mm. be able to work with the frequencies and what is, what is our innate gifts Mm. um, of modulating energy of opening and developing our spiritual senses or psychic awareness, if you, if you will, um, all with the expressed intention to embody more frequency, higher levels of light and greater, deeper aspects of love. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because you know, and who, who can say for sure. Um, but would he have been able to, um, 
go or come full circle with his mission had that level of love and connection that that they shared uh, not been there right and and this is such a beautiful aspect of teaching from uh from mary magdalene on sacred relationship mm-hmm. now in terms of the the biblical uh aspects of uh, both of them i'm not an expert with the bible mm-hmm. um and so my understanding, however, and it is that she did go to, she, that she was his kind of right-hand apostle, mm-hmm. counterpart, if you will, and was given, um, was primarily the one given the responsibility as well as the gift and honor of taking the beautiful, pristine essence of his teachings to the world um, in a more expansive way. Mm. Now, of course, she couldn't do that alone. Um, and and so uh, the, the aspect of her bringing these teachings to France and to, um, to Europe and being the primary person to do that is a profound undertaking. And the, the boat that they had to travel from mm. Um, from that part of the world to Europe and being able to to make it there. Right. Uh, we spent time in Mary de la Mer in the Camargue in the area where uh, she would have come with a very small handful of people. Um, and I believe uh, Mary Salome and Mary um, uh, Jacoby who were sisters of Mother Mary traveled with her, and there was maybe one or two other people, but um, a, a miracle alone that she made it there sure. on the Mediterranean. Well, that almost right? seems, sorry to interrupt you, but if she was with Jesus's mother like in family, like it was almost like she was, it would make sense if she was married to him in family, like that they were all together. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that seems interesting. Like she was clearly closely knit. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of the um, uh, the artwork and the stained glass also further depicts that. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It would make sense like, that, like, if the church and the Bible pushed her out, this is what a theory is that um, if they were, in fact, together, you know, more than just uh, how she's portrayed in the Bible, but um, women, of course, were seen in a different light back then, too. So it would make sense that they would kind of push her into a lower figure. Just yes. Just thought on that, yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, the, the church in particular that shows the beautiful stained glass depiction of her being at the same mm-hmm. level of, of Christ is actually in Limoux, um, which is a couple of hours outside of Toulouse. Mm. And uh, what, a, what a powerful visualization, mm-hmm. right, yeah. for, for us to take in. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And for us to talk more about. Right, I know. A lot of and people. open ourselves more to uh, a truth that is beyond um, dogma. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Really neat. Um, another question about that but yeah that is incredible to talk about and um okay so let's talk a little bit more about what you cover on your retreat obviously we won't give too much away because we'd love for some people to actually join in your next one right but um how did you how do you know where she went some of that was documented in the bible 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. There, there is um, documentation okay. um, and texts that show the areas that she mm. was and where she traveled, um, which is really remarkable. But before I go into what we're going to cover in the retreat, I'm going to share just a little bit more of of why working with the feminine, the divine feminine is so important to me because I think that this is where, uh, as women, um, we have a a profound place of connection. And I also want to say that the, the retreat, um, is open and all of my work and both retreats are open to men too, Mm -hmm. because we all have an aspect of the divine feminine, Mm -hmm. just like we all have an aspect of the divine masculine. Can you actually, sorry to interrupt you again, but this is important since we're going to be talking about this. Some people may not understand. They just think like, I'm a woman, I'm feminine, you know, maybe they don't understand the aspects, like the energy of feminine and masculine play a role in our planets, our universe, you know, here on earth, but also within each of us. So like, what does that mean besides like female, male, like the obvious, you know, traits? Can you just kind of briefly explain feminine and masculine energies? Absolutely. This is so important. And this relates specific to specifically to each and every one of us. So, um, so I'm going to back up a little bit. So our universal planetary construct is based on the law of the triad. And it is how we create here on this planet where and where we spiritize matter. So we can see that through uh, both religious philosophy, goddess worship, um, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Maiden, Mother, Crone. Like there's so many different ways that we can see the Trinity within and all around us. And so from the perspective of our personal growth, right, and this is an esoteric philosophy, um, within our own individual triangle, and this is something that I talk a lot about in my book, the Detox Nourish book, uh, with some diagrams that are really helpful to describe that, is that we each have an aspect of the feminine, mm-hmm. of the masculine, and of our child consciousness within us. Mm-hmm. Now, The aspect of our own inner masculine represents our relationship with our fathers, right? And our male bloodline. So genetically in our DNA, our male bloodline. Um, It also represents our relationship with the divine in male form. And so for those of us, we, we may find that we have a tendency to rely on our masculine nature, even if we're women. And this was a big part of my journey, which I'll come back to in a second. Um, but our feminine, conversely, represents our relationship with our mother and our mother bloodline. Our child consciousness represents any aspect of our childhood that has unresolved emotion or trauma. And so part of our opportunity in life and our um, soul work is to come to levels of healing or the tipping point of healing between our male aspects, our feel, female aspects, and our child aspects. And that is when our soul purpose can actually embody into our physicality and we can begin to actually create those aspects of our soul mission, our soul purpose, uh, our soul gifts, our unique gifts and light in the world in a greater way. 
So, um, so why is this important? Well, it's important because until we can look at these aspects of our own journey in life and, and what I call our early childhood treasure map, right, which is basically formed from our early constellation and childhood dynamics with our family of origin, but in particular, our mother and father. So what belief systems, what patterns of thinking, feeling, behaving, um, images about life in all forms, whether it's love, whether it's money, whether it's how we connect our intimacy, right? Those were all imprinted in this early childhood treasure map. And so it creates a wonderful guide to say, okay, this is what I've come into on the soul level to be able to heal and grow and learn and evolve and transform and transmute and ultimately to embody my true purpose, right? My authentic self. And so for my personal journey, um, the, the treasure map um, had very, very strong father, um, very loving towards me. My mother was very angry, um, abusive physically when he wasn't around. And so I formed a belief system, right? That it was better to safer to rely and ally with my father than my mother. And so all of the patterns of behavior that I started to believe were the way to live based on keeping myself safe, right? Um, all began to grow inside of me like vines. Now, this is also not to say that I was a victim because I wasn't, right? These uh, experiences within my early childhood dynamics created the perfect conditions for me to be able to grow into and become the person that I am now. And so, um, but when we go back and look at our individual histories, uh, we can start to see some of these belief systems and how then they become patterns emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was much more masculine in how I presented myself to the world in that I would work really hard. I was not very emotional because I was told that women are too emotional. And that is um, because of that, they are less intelligent, less successful. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought, well, great, I, I can, you know, put on the pinstripe business suit and act like a man in business. Right. And and when we as women in particular, um, but for any of us that are not authentic to our purpose, we then have challenges that eventually end up manifesting as physical disease. And so mine was a disease process of endometriosis. Uh, which is where you have the lining of your uterus monthly, it begins to grow and be inflamed in different parts of the body and can become very painful to debilitating and potentially cause infertility. So the healing journey of endometriosis within me brought me to this um, reclamation of my own divine feminine. And all of the ways that um, that journey unfolded for me with essential oils, with crystals, with vibrational medicine, and all of these other aspects of alternative medicine. Um, But then it became my specialty and working in particular with women. And so in meditation about 
three years ago when I was meditating and working with the energy of the divine feminine, that's when I was asked to take a group of people to Southern France to commune with the energies, with the teaching, with the powerful beauty um, and humanity that Mary Magdalene conveys and carries still to the to this day even though she's no longer with us in form mm-hmm. um one thing that's really i think incredibly profound is that her bones are considered relics mm-hmm. right relics by the catholic church and so in a beautiful basilica in saint maximum de la saint Baume, her skull almost all of it is there with still some of her red hair and it is considered a sacred relic she is considered Mm. a saint Mm -hmm. um and uh what a beautiful um reminder to us even though historically we didn't see it then through story um we can see that now and i think that that is reminiscent of our own personal journeys right regardless um and inclusive of everything that our past has um, embodied right from our life experience we can find that light and that sacredness within us and um, invite that to rise to foster our own growth from a place of love and honoring Mm -hmm. wow that's really neat i didn't know she had red hair (laughs) that's kind of fun Oh, there was one other thing. What was it? There's just so much. It's like, you know, learning so much and um, it just proves like everything is so connected. And oh, I know I was going to say, I don't remember if you had mentioned this last in the last episode, but that's really cool. That's how it came through. I was wondering, how did you get started on these retreats? So it actually came through channel to you. That's really cool. Um, I love that. So how can people? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say then. Um, at that point, I was doing these monthly uh, goddess circles. And mm-hmm. so each month we would explore a different facet of the divine feminine. Um, but it wasn't until I had the one for Mary Magdalene that it just seemed like everything opened up, all of these cosmic connections, mm-hmm. um, confirmations. And so um, so we started planning myself and uh, Nancy, um, my team, and and um, a few other of us, and we decided, like, wow, it's a lot to be able to um, uh, create a retreat in a different country mm-hmm. that speaks a different language. So we found this wonderful company, Body, Mind, Spirit Journeys, and they have been running uh, sacred trips to places like southern France and all over the world for, like, 30 years. So they've curated all of the boutique hotels and the meals and all of these beautiful um, sacred sites for us to visit. And even down to um, the beautiful, our driver, Benoit, who ended up being such a delightful, um, powerful, wise presence Mm. um, on the, the trip. In fact, he had 
gifted us all with these beautiful, oh. the, these are feathers of uh, the pink flamingo, oh, wow. which is um, found in the Camargue. And hmm. he picked these and offered them to everybody on the trip in such a beautiful um, And that's a, like a symbolic way. thing in itself. It, yeah. yeah, it was remarkable. So um, knowing that we'll have that support between Ronnie and Benoit and myself and Patsy Balaki, who um, is a, a co-lead for another one of our retreats, but will also be joining on this second trip to France is really remarkable. The other thing I wanted to say is now um, that from the past two years, the monthly uh, goddess meditation is now the monthly Mary Magdalene healing meditation and people from all over the world can join. It's complimentary. There's information on that on my social media and website and the previous meditations of Mary Magdalene are also on our YouTube channel. Ooh, okay. I know I haven't had a chance to do it. I think the time zone was tricky for me, but I, I would like to go back and look at the recordings at least um, yeah. that's really neat. So in those, is she coming through during the meditation? Yeah. So for, for me, um, I lead meditations every week and then some other events like the Mary Magdalene once a month. And right now, in fact, today it's Thursday. So every Thursday for the past two years, I've been doing one in conjunction with the Barbara Brennan school of healing mm -hmm. of which I'm a grad. And so, um, this week, and again, it's complimentary. So anybody anywhere can join. And this is the second of an eight week series on psychic development mm -hmm. that I'm doing. So for every meditation, I include one essential oil. Tonight, it's going to be patchouli and one crystal. Although tonight, it's going to be merlinite. Mm. Um, and then it is the, the meditation is guided. The journey is guided and it comes through me. And now if you, the person doesn't have the essential oil or the crystal, that's okay because we work with the cosmic consciousness and the vital life force. Yeah. And so you can still have this incredible visceral experience of shift and clear, clearing and awakening at the DNA level, at the cellular level. Um, even if you don't have the the actual crystal or the essential oil there. Um, but it's a, a really wonderful process. And then the rest comes through. So in the Mary Magdalene um, meditations, after I've created sacred space, she'll come through with some kind of activation or clearing or teaching some some aspect of presence and transmission. Mm. That's so really it's, cool. it's really beautiful. I need to get it, in on that. The next I've one been, is next week. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like wanting to explore more of my, you know, intuitive psychic side. I feel really drawn to that. So I'll have to check those out for sure. Yeah. Um, they're really neat. They're, they move into each aspect of our HSP or high sense perception and how it connects in with each chakra. So tonight will be the root chakra and the kinesthetic sense, right. Of feeling intuitively feeling. And for those that don't end up coming to that, those um, wonderful meditations are now on our new Patreon. Mm -hmm. So people can subscribe for $5 or $15 or $25 a month and get these wonderful meditations and blogs and mm -hmm. exclusive DIYs and all things alchemy. It's pretty, it's a pretty cool platform. Wow, that's really neat. When you channel with her or when she's, you know, just comes through, have you actually seen like images or is it more of a voice, a presence, all the above? All the above. Yeah. Does she have red hair when you see her or is it not so much like 
so f- like, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like, it's not so prominent. prominent. Well, that's really interesting. Um, sometimes color doesn't always come through even in like dreams, but messages will still come. So I wondered how you yeah. saw her. Um, I love that you asked that question. I haven't thought about that. I don't feel like I sense a kind of darker sure. color than my hair, but mm-hmm. I've never said, oh, that's really red. Sure. More of what I feel is her countenance and this mm-hmm. radiant love that comes through mm-hmm. her field and as if it's coming through each mm-hmm. pore. That's really cool. And then you hear like a voice or like an all-knowing kind of message. Yeah. Yes. And then the message comes through. Mm-hmm. And so for my process, leading meditation, it's been just like doing healing work or automatic writing or these other aspects of psychic awareness um, to open your mouth and then trust what's going to yes. come out yeah. took a number of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had another guy on this podcast, Ben, he's been on twice and he's been channeling a lot with Jesus, which is, mm-hmm. you know, interesting too, to have, you know, both Jesus, Mary Magdalene. I'm sure there's, of course, people channel with different archangels and all of the above, but um, I just think it's so fascinating because I've never really heard that before. And it doesn't mean that they haven't come through to people, you know, in the, in the past. Um, but I think there's something about right now. I know you've been doing it for like, years and I'm just saying like within like a decade, it just really seems like yeah. some energy is really coming through in this now time from, from figures like that. I find that fascinating. Remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think so too, because this is such a unique juncture of time and space and we are remembering so much about the light and love and benevolent power that is within us. Yeah. They're helping to aid that, like help, you know, remind us where we're from and who we are and where we're going. And that's really, really cool. Wow. Very cool. Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about? within Mary or should we kind of move on to, I was going to ask a little bit about the intuitive stuff that you do with um, their clients and like the Akashic records too. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, So like I mentioned, Adora does different readings, um, you know, different specific readings, but Akashic records is something that I'm really fascinated by. Would you explain what that means? And then how do you, um, how would that help somebody Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, um, I love talking about this subject because it's so vast mm. and yet so germane to where we are right now in our transformational mm. process and our process of awakening. So the Akashic Records is a etheric storehouse mm. for every human soul's experience, life experience, past present and sometimes even future. Um, but that's often quite malleable. Um, I had my first experience with it. I didn't know it as Akashic records at this point. This was about 20 some years ago when I was in Egypt for the first time and at the Sphinx, um, and in Giza, the pyramids, I had this vision of seeing all of these kind of etheric pathways that were, under and yet not really under the earth Mm -hmm. under the sphinx and i started to see like all of this energy and make these points of connection like it's it's a uh 
filled with consciousness, filled with wisdom, filled with information, filled with intelligence. Um, and then a, a couple of years ago, um, one of my mentors had gifted me with a book. And, you know, b- before that, in the past, I've had a practice now since 98 as a healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so throughout this time, the past life sequencing has always been an element of my work. Um, but in the past couple of years, after being gifted this book that was by Roberta Herzog uh, on the Akashic Records, I had this really profound experience when I was reading it and with this like orb of light came, golden orb of light came into my room. And so uh, I began to, I told my mentor after this, like, oh, I was reading the book that you gave me and this happened. And he said, ah, this is the confirmation that I was looking for. I believe that um, you are the next person to pass on the lineage of Roberta Herzog uh, because he was um, in charge of her estate. And I would like to know if you would be interested in taking on this torch, if you will. And there was like every hair on my body stood up Mm. and so of course I said absolutely um and so in that process now and and having the gift of inheriting her uh platform and all of her um work in that regard um it feels like such a, a beautiful and um timely gift of these readings because what can happen in an Akashic record reading is basically um, everything is connected. Whenever I I was mentioning the treasure map, the early childhood treasure map. So this is really a brilliant point of connection that everything that's in our treasure map um, is holds also any elements of unresolved past life experience. And that's why it's so brilliant in that regard. It's like, oh, I don't have to go back 15 lifetimes to see what I'm holding that's unresolved. It's right here in my early childhood um, formative years in the treasure map. And so what we tend to do is... um, connect with an emotional point of something that like a pattern, right. Of something that's unresolved, something that keeps showing up when you're like, this isn't what I want, Mm. right. This is not what I want to manifest. Why does it keep showing up again and again and again? Well, we can go into a person's records and I can read back and see which lifetimes are having an influence and contain the lesson that has not yet been understood Mm and therefore fully assimilated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it be- becomes a very profound and also expedient way right. to shift the energy, mm-hmm. right? Because what you could take, you know, 30 years in talk therapy, right. sometimes right. 50 years, sometimes not at all. Mm-hmm. And you could take in less years doing the, the right kind of energy work with the Akashic record reading. It's like, boom, uh, the information is right there. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is go in and shift it, right? Really receive the full teaching, which allows the wisdom to be assimilated from the past life experience, which allows the life force, the quintessence that's held within someone's cells and DNA and auric field and soul to unlock, open, and flood Mm. our beings with light, Mm -hmm. right? with understanding and we evolve 
from that. Our consciousness evolves, our soul family group evolves and ultimately becomes imprinted on the web of life of humanity and humanity evolves. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're healing, other people are going to heal. It's a connection. And so it's beautiful. That is. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. Um, I've heard, I mean, this is like my own way of saying, saying the definition, but like Akashic Records would basically be like, anything that's ever happened and will happen, like it's almost like a code, right? Like it's like any, anything that's been spoken, any action, like our time here with this podcast is like captured in the Akashic record, any experience, anything that's ever happened um, in other lives, it's all Mm -hmm. stored, right? In like a universal record, if you will. And so we have the ability to tap into that right and and then gain knowledge wisdom or heal and or heal exactly okay. so exactly. when you do and that's the, really the goal right, right. to transform to okay. understand ourselves who we are where we've been why mm. we've been there and why we're here now sure and what we're here to do mm. from this point forward in service of the greater good of all mm. and the so- other thing that's really interesting about the records that i think is less talked about is because it contains uh, all human souls, life experiences. It also contains memory of working with essential oils, working with crystals, working with these um, alchemical elements of the natural world as a means of healing, of um, actualization of manifestation of expanding and growing and um, increasing not only our vital life force but our understanding of the universe and our place within it mm, that's really cool yeah we have things from nature that are here to assist <laughs> yeah that's yeah. super cool wow well, I feel like that could be pretty deep to go in, but I think that's a nice intro. And if anyone's, of course, curious, because I've had some different readings like Vedic astrology and, you know, I would love to dive deeper into um, Akashic Records, but there's so many different ways to tap in that I feel like, oh my goodness, that's what I said to the guy that when I had the Vedic astrology reading, I was like, I feel like this was like years of therapy in 90 minutes. Like there's, it's just, it goes so, it's like a soul level and my yes. gosh, couldn't we all benefit from that? Um, there's just so much healing that's happening and that needs to happen right now on a, a individual and collective um, level. So It's so true, Lauren. And that's ultimately why our soul work is truly our soul work. Mm-hmm. And, and right now there is that collective calling that we can hear from our own individual souls when we open to receive Mm -hmm. the connection and communion. And I think that's where we're at right now is a lot of people are like, I feel like something's not right, but this is telling me to do this. It could be with anything. It's like, we're kind of, we've been conditioned. So we're like, wait, I feel like there's something over here, but like, I'm used to doing this and there's this like pull, right? And so just coming within and like looking within like there's so much value to that and I think people are really starting to realize that in small ways and it's really it's amazing Mm, I so agree I think ultimately to fully remember Mm -hmm. who we truly are to claim our magnificence 
um, we are required to unlearn so much of what we it's have been told is sometimes because it feels like this. It's a combination of like ego death and like paradigms breaking down. And yeah, everything that I've learned, I feel like doesn't mean it hasn't served a time and a place here on earth, like in a physical, like, you know, like the way that we measure time or whatever, but not to say it's all bad. It's just, it's prevented me from looking at things in a different way that may be a better, like it serves me better. Right. Or any of us. So it's really interesting. <laughs> I, I so agree. It's a journey. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, this is beautiful. I think this is a perfect time just to kind of um, stop because there's just so much. And, um, you know, I really, I love talking to you. So if there's ever a chance down the line that we can have you again, because, wow, we can learn so much from you. I'm really appreciative of all the work that you're doing in the world, helping people. Thank you so much. Yeah. I would be honored. Yeah. It would be a true delight we'll, to come back. We'll just, and we'll just keep in touch. But um, yeah. <laughs> where can people find you so they can find your beautiful oils and that they can find you for your readings and the retreats? Yes. Okay, great. So um, you can find me on Patreon. If you'd like to become a um, subscriber for exclusive content and med meditations and help continue my mission of empowerment and alchemy in the world, um, you can come to the website. And if you sign up for our newsletter, then every week you'll get a listing of the events. So you can come to any of the complimentary meditations weekly or monthly. Um, we have meditations on YouTube at Adora Winquist and all of the social platforms are at Adora Winquist where we're always providing content on alchemy, on essential oils, crystals, meditation, visualizations. Um, if you meditate on Insight Timer, you'll find me there with a host of uh, wonderful meditations. And then for the retreats, which we're having some um, in particular for the Divine Feminine Immersion and Early Bird Promotion uh, for that, you can find that at adorewinquist.com slash retreats. Mm. Um, and it's they're both going to be in incredible. It's nice this year to have one uh, in Europe as well as to have one stateside here in the U.S. That's cool. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll link your, your um, website, which then can people find pretty much everything that yes yeah okay perfect we'll put that in the show show notes Very thank nice. you yeah well thanks so much again for all that you shared with us today <laughs> my pleasure lauren i love the beautiful message and energy that you're bringing to the world thank you so much thank you guys so much for listening as always and you can find me on instagram at real lauren live and my website lauren.life take care everybody 